0: Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast where we genuinely love each other and want to get to know each other and believe that love is revolutionary.
1: (laughs) Yeah, guys. Love Trump's hate, okay? serious (laughs) (laughs) so am i
0: all you need is love okay no but like seriously i don't mean like fucking love nazis and whatever i fuck that shit i mean like wow the way that i feel about all my friends and all of you is like literally revolutionary and everyone needs to know it
2: wait did you just say love nazis (laughs) no (laughs) no It's like, what the hell is a love Nazi? I said, not like
0: love Nazis. Okay.
1: <laughs> Did that, was that a clarification? <laughs> I think she means we can't beat Nazism by loving Nazis. Thank you. Thank
3: you. Thank you.
0: Yes. I got you. Laura. Oh,
1: don't love Nazis. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't. Stop. air communication. What we got going on here?
0: All right. So today we have Laura. Walida. <laughs> Talon, Zoe. And Hope. And today we are interviewing each other, which is already off to such a good start, very obviously. <laughs> um, Yeah. And so you'll get to learn our names and voices more properly and who it is you're spending time listening to. Laura, do you want to kick it off? Just like jump right in, ask jump somebody a question. right in. So I would, yeah, this, so this question is what section is the first section you go to when you walk into a bookstore? And I know that – I know exactly it would be a two-way tie for Kellen what, what direction she would go in, so I'm not going to ask her because I feel like I know that, know exactly which two sections she would go to. Um, I'm going to bump this to Walida. Um, I go to the
4: uh, tween section to make sure they're still selling Judy Bl- Bloom books. To young women and men. And then I go to the political and history section.
1: Yes. (laughs) Wait, Laura, which two sections do you think I go to? Uh, History. History,
0: History, yeah. yeah. History is one. And (laughs) (laughs) the other one is uh, the LGBTQ section of young adult fiction. Uh, Is she right? I don't
1: know what you're talking about. <laughs> you
4: think it all. Um. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um. I, I'm gonna actually bump a question to um. Hope, if you didn't have to work, what would you spend your time doing?
2: Oh man, I was really hoping that no one was gonna ask me this question because I <laughs> oh, don't no. have a good answer. Um, (laughs) yeah, I, I read this in our show planning doc and was like, oh, boy, um, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm fortunate to like the work that I'm doing and the people that I work with. Um, if I didn't have to work, I'd like to say that I would do some kind of like noble thing, but honestly, I would probably just like alternate between traveling and laying around. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that would be most people's answer.
4: I mean, I don't think, so this, this question, actually, I'm curious as to what everybody, how everyone would answer this question, because this is like one of the things I daydream about when I think about like one day we'll have a 20 hour work week or whatever. I'm like, what would I do with all of that freaking time? And it's mostly just like baking and cooking and (laughs) doing stuff like that. Oh my
1: gosh. Well, is an amazing cook. I just want to throw that out there um this is a a little story side note but she so there was chicago dsa had a um a chili cook-off and walita had never cooked chili before (laughs) and with her first attempt at cooking chili just no chili cooking experience she won by like 20 votes Uh... it was amazing and i had multiple servings of her chili which I don't even think was allowed because you're supposed to make sure everybody had enough to fairly judge. Wow, hair. it was super That's how spicy. Much I loved Williams chili. It was like really hot. That's good on you for having so many. It was. Oh, it was so good. It was so <laughs> tender. Oh. I, the, I mean, that. the parts that this the you know the meat in the chili was tender. Not I, I don't you know what I mean. It was yes. amazing. That's all I have to say about that. Well, thanks. I would eat Willita's chili. That's what I would do with my (laughs) time.
4: I would make Kellen chili. (laughs) I would just make it for Kellen. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Kellen, what would you do if you had free time?
1: Um, Right. right. Well, again, the chili thing. The chili thing. Um, I I, I would, like, I don't know. I think I would, like, really enjoy – I mean, I would definitely still – I would definitely still want to, like, read and think about history, but I also think I would really enjoy – taking care of animals but not in like a veterinary way in like, like not a sick ones yeah or like the sick ones where I don't have to like deal with blood and stuff this is this is I just I want to like 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 work in a cat cafe type thing you know where I like make sure they're all okay and like pet them and feed yeah but not just cats all sorts of cute animals I think that that would be my thing is like hang out with like the wombats you know Like reintroducing them to the wild, like sit on the ground and let them like, you know, come snuggle me or whatever.
0: Hell
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. What about, uh, what about you, Zoe?
3: What would I do if I didn't have to work? Yeah.
1: Um, my art.
3: Nice. Uh, yeah, my art, uh, which is mostly photography when I have time to do that. Um, also I have been pet sitting. I'm sitting a really cute dog named Karen this week um so i do get some work out of playing with animals
1: also if anyone
3: has cute pets hire me are we gonna get pics of karen yeah i'm going yeah i'm starting tomorrow morning you will be getting pics she's really cute yeah i don't know and then yeah like travel and just honestly do fucking nothing a lot yes (laughs) yeah
0: hell fucking yes
2: watch tv I don't know <laughs> it would be really hard I think to not feel a little bit guilty for me just about having so much free time because it's so ingrained in us to be productive and to make the most of your time that just existing would be its own challenge kind of like retirement you know how people like go into retirement and have sometimes a hard time adjusting because capitalism is awful
3: yeah that's true when I am off for like several days in a row I just feel like yeah, guilty and anxious the whole time. Like, I need to be doing something. So I don't know. I bet a lot of people feel that way. Yeah.
0: Thanks, capitalism.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm ruined.
2: (laughs) So I think it's my turn to bump to someone. So I'm going to ask, Laura, when did you realize liberal feminism was not your jam? Ooh.
0: (laughs) Okay, yes. And quickly, I just want to (laughs) say... That I would spend my time writing a fanfic of and Zoe and <laughs> Laura, no. I'm not, I'm not gonna keep that in there.
3: Okay, well I just I wanted to freak you out. To
0: expose me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, put that out after. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just had to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay I realized that liberal
1: feminism... don't ask me my celebrity crush
0: okay I realized ah! I realized that liberal feminism wasn't for me oh wow when honestly I think pretty early on and I think it kind of stemmed from my mom in some ways. Uh, My mom is a conservative, but she does identify as a feminist and she owned and she was a capitalist. She owned and ran her own company for um, a long time. And so I had this very neoliberal feminism my whole life that was very much tied to making money, very much tied to um, your productivity, what you put out. And I think kind of being a theater kid and being like a nerdy person, but also learning from my mom and then seeing her judgment on me when I wasn't like following this uh, business path definitely made me like, well, what is your feminism? Um, And so then I just kind of like think that led into a lot of class consciousness from there. And like, Having an older brother that was like a radical anarchist who like showed me marks pretty pretty early on. Okay, uh, I'm gonna bump this, bump it up to Walita. do you collect anything? <laughs> <laughs>
4: um yes, I do. I collect um, God this is really nerdy. I collect pens from Airports from around the world that I buy either myself or friends bring back to me. And I have 200 or so of them um, so far.
3: So you're never out of pens.
4: I don't let anyone use them. They are put away (laughs) in a special
3: box. Oh, my God.
4: (laughs) Like, and, and they're really fun. Like, some of them are, like, toy pens and, like... You know, I have one from Australia where it's a little fighting kangaroo at the tip of it and it actually boxes. And uh-huh. I have I have two kids in the house. So when they discovered this box of pens, which was only recently because it is hidden away, they immediately wanted to play with them. And I had to tell them, absolutely not. They look like toys, but these are my, my pens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing and super random.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love it. Pens.
4: Um, if you follow me on Instagram once in a while, update my followers on how many I have and you'll get to see some of them. Um, all right. It's my turn to ask a question. Let's see. (laughs) Oh, wow. The problem with the problem with asking one of you a question is I genuinely just want to know the answer from all of you, like what you would say to this. Um, so I'm going to generalize this question to, to everybody. Um, let's start with Zoe answer first. Um, when you have run into misogyny in your own life as an organizer at work or with your family that, that you confronted directly, like, when have you done that? Have you noticed that doing uh, the podcast has made a difference in your response at all? Okay. Wow. We got serious, like we were laughing (laughs) and now it's like, let's do this.
3: Um, what, uh, what a complex answer. I think it's no secret that I am not a fan of men. <laughs> uh, what do I do when I run into misogyny? It, de- it definitely depends. I mean, there's a time and place uh, for me to react the way I would like to react. And there's a time and place for me to try to be more professional about things. Um, when I act the way, I- when I react the way I-, I, that is instinctual to me. Let's see. I went through a phase um, <laughs> towards the end of college where when men were, like, creepy at parties, I put them in timeout. <laughs> yes. Um, and it worked. Like, I would be, like, get in the corner and you can return when you can act appropriately to be at a party. Yes. And they would be so, sort of, like, afraid of me just being, like, no, stand in the corner. That, like, they would. <laughs> Amazing. Um. So that's one way. Also, I was a swim coach for a couple years. Um, and so it was a co-ed team. And sometimes... They were all high schoolers, so the boys would, like, not want to be in a lane with the girls or be, like, just act a fool when, like, the girls were faster than them. And so for anything sexist, that was said, I made them do push-ups. So, you know, just kind of, just uh, just trying to, you know, teach them. Yeah. But so like, with a little bit punishment. of instilled fear. Yes, right. Right, for no, sure. No, sounds great. And it sounds like it worked. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Laura, what Wait, about I'm, you?
3: Sorry, I have one more part. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I forgot the original part of the story, which I told I've told you guys before but not our listeners, which is that in middle school I was bullied a lot cuz people thought I was like weird or whatever. Um but I'm retroactively going to tackle all of those middle schoolers. Thank you. <laughs> but so I discovered the great like comeback which was that if you just kicked a boy like really hard in the shins, um They would be too embarrassed to tell on me, so I would never get in trouble for it. And they also would, like, never want to bully me again. So, basically, I was just, like, beating up little boys.
0: Hell, yeah. (laughs) Is
3: that that appropriate? Yeah, totally. I mean, it made them
4: think twice. Little did.
3: It worked. Oh, my God.
4: Yeah. If it works, I don't know what to tell you. It works.
0: (laughs) Um. Yeah. I, when... When this happens to me, I'm just thinking of, like, this really recent time. I was walking down this street. This dude, like, um, rolled down his window and started catcalling me. And I just turned to him and go, Dad? (laughs) 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 And he drove off. So that's (laughs) cool. That's amazing. I cannot even take credit for that. Um, That is something that I was taught by uh, someone who would get honked at on a bike and would just turn to people and yell, dad. (laughs) Uh, Just like, you know, being a cyclist on the road. Anyhow. Yeah. So that's one way. I think uh, doing the podcast has influenced my responses and things. Uh, In some ways, I feel really more equipped, especially in like a familial setting, like, yeah, there's just a lot there. I'm not going to get into it because I'm realizing more and more that pe- people in my family listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, so, yeah, I just I feel more confident in responding to it, in a in a way that feels good to me. I don't think that anything we can do can uh, fully change a misogynist mind because like what? I They're uh, they're poisoned. Um, right. But. I feel at least that I can get to a place where I'm not walking away angry and feel like satisfied with myself, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, Kellen, how about you? So,
1: I, I guess the first time that I ever responded to misogyny um, that I am a is uh, was as a child. And this, what made me think of this was Zoe's amazing story about <laughs> kicking boys in the shins. Um, oh. When I was apparently uh, about two and a half, I, my family took me to a playground and older boys who are between the age three to four older boys now, um, and they told me I wasn't allowed to get on like the jungle gym section of the playground because I was a girl and Ooh. so my yeah, my response naturally was to do the like power Ranger. Up <laughs> sequence moves. Yes. Um. I could not do them today, but as a two year old, I think I had it. As you know, you like move your arms around and, and you like bring them in front of your face or whatever. And that's like the Power Rangers are telling their enemy, like, watch, you better step the fuck back. We're ready to roll. Um, <sighs> Wait a minute. You
4: were, you were a toddler and you were doing this? Yeah. yeah. That is the <laughs> cutest thing I've that ever is heard so in my cute. life. Yeah. If I saw a toddler do that, On a playground, I would just immediately start crying. I wouldn't be able to take the (laughs) camera.
1: It's like one of my mom's stories about me as like a little kid. Uh, (laughs) uh, Or I guess, you know, I was like two and a half or something. But yeah. Yeah. So I did the moves and the boys recognized my power. Anyway power rangers moves anymore i think i take it on like a case by case basis um but i found that like sometimes just being like incredibly frank with men when they do something that's inappropriate is like very disarming because they're not used to being like they're not used to women responding to them in like a measured rate. yeah power rangers that's um that would be my suggestion
4: <laughs> it's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Um,
1: Hope. What about you?
2: This is a interesting question to think about, um, which is conceded to me because it was my question. <laughs> but, but <laughs> 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 Good question. um So I think, when I was much younger, my conception of misogyny and like anti woman sentiments was much more. Sort of like uh, aggressive or on the surface, like almost kind of like a uh, married with children esque. Like, I just assumed that if somebody was being sexist, they would be saying to my face, like, you have to stay home and take care of the babies. Like, it would be that blatant. That was kind of my idea of what that, I didn't have so, such a nuanced understanding of like systemic discrimination. And I've noticed that as I get more involved in activism and I learn more and I learn so much from all of you also that um it's it's much more i'm better equipped to talk with people who i think are really genuinely well-intentioned but um the men in my life who just haven't thought about these things because they haven't had to and uh it's easier for me to not be as like angry or defensive but to actually just like help them learn about it when they're willing to so that's been a really big difference for me and i think a positive one um, Waleena,
4: well, did, did you answer this yet? Um, no, I was the original uh, question proposer. You
2: answer
4: the question. Boom. Oh, okay. Um, I actually probably, my answer is very similar to yours, Hope. I, I. It just depends on my mood and the day and who's saying it and what they're saying. Like sometimes I ignore it. Sometimes I don't even notice it. Sometimes I embarrass someone in front of everybody. And sometimes... I don't know. I correct them quietly. It just kind of depends. I've, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't always feel like I'm in a like I'm in a safe, like place to like confront a man. So, you know, it really depends on the situation. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I can't, I like the, I can't really remember a specific time where I was so offended by something, um, and stayed quiet. You know, I either, call them out directly or privately and tell them that what they said wasn't cool. Um, I find that people ge- generally are responsive to that kind of thing.
2: Hell yeah.
4: My answer was very, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> um, this is like a slight tangent, but hearing Kellen's story made me think about what a strange kid that I was. <laughs> and it's kind of like a miracle that I didn't have for <laughs> people like, Make fun of me or bully me. I've been really super lucky in my life to kind of skate by. But I just remember that in like fourth grade, at like the peak of the O.J. Simpson trial years, for Halloween, I went as Judge Ito, which is like the fucking weirdest Halloween oh costume God. for like an eight-year-old. <laughs> so All my friends were like, <laughs> were like unicorns and princesses, and I wore like my mom's graduation robe and a huge gavel
4: and oh just told people I was
2: Judge. Was
4: it your idea? Is that what you told your oh, mom?
2: It was totally my idea. My parents <laughs> were like this is a horrible idea. Kids are going to be mean to you. And I was like, no, it's going to be amazing. You lack vision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can I build on that? Hope the Yeah, girl. I um just I was thinking about this the other day because I remembered I pulled from the depths of my brain my worst Halloween costume ever that I couldn't i didn't like bring up for a halloween i was like kicking my that i had the opportunity to do so i feel like this is, is uh it's, it's not confronting misogyny but it's my way of as like a 12 a year old like a literal seventh grader confronting the uh the like war industrial complex my neighbors were like exclusively republicans of like you know the like romney you know mormon and a lot of them would not. Have- that but um like the, the sort of bush fans anyway as a seventh grader in 2000 the year 2000 halloween several days before the or sorry 2004 several days before the re-election of george bush i decided that i would go to my neighborhood block party wearing a george w bush mask and a polo shirt with a tie polo shirt with a tie so i didn't even know how to dress myself um and a like a a sticker that said bush's scary vote for care and i was literally George for halloween amazing walking around my extremely conservative neighborhood like basically being a parody of george bush and i like looked back on it i was like mom why did you like why did you let me do that and she was like i thought it was important for you to express yourself i was like i guess but like i mean that stupid like that is just a dumb thing (laughs) but I as like I like thought I was being so edgy and political um anyway yeah it is it is truly a wonder that more people also didn't bully me but I think I was just too oblivious to like even fully pick up on the fact that what (laughs) I was doing was weird
0: anyway I love it do we want to switch into questions from Twitter yeah so if you didn't catch on We just did a bunch of random questions. Maybe we'll have time to do boop back up and do some of them again. But um, we also had asked y'all if you had questions for us from Twitter. So we got some questions from Twitter. So our first question we have is from our friend Ariel. And uh, her question is, what advice would you give to your younger self? And maybe try to keep
2: this to like 30 seconds or less. Starting with Hope. I don't know if any of you have ever read The Four Agreements, but it's one of my favorite books. And there's one of the agreements is just to take nothing personally. And I wish that I could tell like my five-year-old self that (laughs) and could have just internalized that at a younger age. Because if you stop thinking other people's shit is about you, life is so much better. Yes. Uh, Next, Walida. Uh, I would tell my
4: younger self a few things. I would tell I would probably advise against taking out the graduate school loan. <laughs> I would I would tell myself, um, I am good enough. I am smart enough and gosh darn it people do like me. And probably the most important thing is I would try to make it very clear that uh men are often just as wrong as you think you are. They just say what they say with more confidence. So that's probably the number one thing. (laughs) Um, All right. So now I'm going to bump that question to Kellen.
1: I would, I would want to teach my younger self how to say no. Um, I didn't get that lesson when I was younger. And I think it created a lot of difficulty for me in a way that it probably does for a lot of women. Um, That it was a. You know to to that I didn't need to ode, especially boys anything. I would tell myself, "Hey, Colin, or a thing. Like well, by people specifically are a thing to be all straight or like maybe you should interrogate your relationship with your best girlfriend because you kind of you probably are more than you realize. Don't date the like terrible, terrible guy. That's always the advice. <laughs> don't date the, the terrible guy. Yeah, Laura. <laughs> what about you?
0: Uh, I w- I was about to say like, yeah, you're gay, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the
2: advice I have for myself. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Do you think you would have listened though? No, I to mean, like, questions.
0: I don't think so. I mean, I'm happy with whatever trajectory I had on that journey and still continue to have on that journey. But I think the advice that I would give myself more seriously is to actually take the time to think about what I like, because I think in a lot of ways, that's where, at least for me, repressed sexuality comes from is like devoting so much of my energy into caring about other people and other people's wants and other people's interests that I didn't have enough tools or enough people telling me to prioritize myself. And so I would, I would prioritize myself so that I could get to a place of like more in-depth self-discovery earlier.
4: (laughs) All good advice. We should all take this advice for all of our younger selves. And
0: for all of our present selves. I'm still like, I feel like peeling back these layers of Catholicism and bullshit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. It's mostly Catholicism
3: though.
0: Uh who hasn't answered? Who has not answered?
3: Zoe. Zoe? Yes. As I mentioned, I was a bullied child. At like when I was probably middle school, I was very tomboyish. And then that turned into as I was like going through puberty and becoming more feminine, also became like a goth girl. Um, nice. and yeah, and then through high school, like I always wanted to go to art school, but I was deterred from doing it for, by a lot of people. Um, cause it wasn't like a normal path. And then I ended up going to art school, but it took longer to get there because I kept trying to go along a more normal path that wasn't working for me. And what I would tell my younger self is to spend less time trying to conform or trying to please people that wanted me to conform and accepting myself sooner
0: oh my god <laughs> it's Word. such
3: good advice <laughs> I that one I did think about earlier because I was like wow what a question
0: <laughs> well, thanks Ari
3: well I often think about like oh would my like younger self be proud of me I think the answer is yes but that's something that I like to think about
0: Yes, hell fucking yeah. She would be, she would be like, yeah, <laughs> you're doing all this cool shit. <laughs> all right, next question. At Flowers and Filth uh, said, I'd like to know if any of you struggle to feel, quote, smart. I feel like everyone always knows so much more than me. How do you deal with it if it is an issue?
3: Yes.
4: <sighs> yes. Well, um, I'd actually kind of like to – S- speak a little bit too about feeling smart and knowing things because they're two different things, right? You can be smart but just not have experience and so you just don't know as much stuff as people around you. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It it just means you just don't know those things yet, right? So like feeling smart, you know, I don't know many people that aren't smart. Most people are smart and capable of learning things. Um, I do. I did struggle. I'm a little older than all you guys. So I've kind of gone through a lot of these things and come out the other end uh, jagged and, you know, like calloused and angry. So, like, (laughs) you know, not knowing something uh, is fine. Because you you're, no one's born knowing these things. Everybody at some point didn't know these things. And they had to ask the questions and they had to like read a book on it or read an article on it and or have someone explain it to them. Um, so I urge you at Flowers and Filth uh, to not feel that way. And if there's something you don't know, ask, ask them to explain what it is, because it's it leads to a great conversation. And that's how you learn things.
0: I would like to uplift that real quick. Um, when I lived in Ithaca, I went to Ithaca College, uh, not Cornell. I went there for one of my years of college. Oh, my God. We'll talk. We'll loop back to that. We'll loop back okay. to that. Okay. Cool. So, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. No. No, sorry. Um, I was in a band with people who went to Cornell, and when I would have meals with them and things like that, I always felt like so self-conscious. Like I was the one that wasn't at the Ivy league school, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I cannot say enough that the more that I have learned and educated myself and like gone into like higher education and, and whatever, been on this journey for a long time. I think the thing that is so crucial to me in that journey and kind of being on a further along part than I was earlier and like obviously continuing to learn all the time is that everyone is on that journey and no one just arrived at that place. You don't just like right. born into knowledge. Everyone worked at it. And yes. so asking the question and and putting out like hey, I don't want to know this. First of all, you're if if you are <laughs> if you are a man or not i don't know like i think it could i think it could fight against toxic masculinity regardless of gender because i think because of toxic toxic masculinity we are afraid to not know things but i think there's something so incredibly human and beautiful about being curious and like people do admire that and people respect that and i think that that is one of the more beautiful parts of learning is just being curious and not pretending to have all the answers.
4: Yeah. You also learn a lot that way, like a lot. Once you shed that, you know, imposter syndrome feeling.
2: Yeah. And to add on to what both of you said, I found it really helpful to one, not be afraid to just say, I don't know something. I think a lot of times people get into trouble because they're afraid to just say like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know that like i'll look into it or i'll find somebody to teach me about that and knowing having the confidence that that doesn't make it make you dumb um or unqualified if you just don't know something or if you just can't remember it i have like a horrible memory so i'm very quick to just say like uh i know i've heard that before but i can't remember it right now um so that's been really helpful and then also um Giving yourself and other people the permission to get it wrong before they get it right is really huge because that's how a lot of learning happens. Um, I think especially with like the, the culture of social media, there's so much pressure for like the takes to be really spicy and like really on point and like just blast people who with bad opinions. And that a lot of times is merited, but you know we all have some trash opinions about things from time to time. And a lot of times those opinions evolve over time too. So it's okay to say things and have it not be quite fully formed or not be like really your final correct answer as part of your process, as long as you're willing to do the reflection and the work to kind of keep refining things.
1: I would also just add that people who think that they know everything generally just suck. Until to the extent that yeah. it's possible, True. I would recommend surrounding yourself with people who are aware of the fact that they have so much to learn, everybody has so much to learn and are willing to t- talk about that and to, you know, have conversations, not just about what they don't know, but about feeling like they don't know things like to find a, you know, really intentional out a community, create a community. Um, Where there isn't the same kind of pressure to um, perform, because wherever you are, I feel certain the only person who feels this way, and in, in that, whether it's school setting, work setting, uh, or organizing setting, like if you're feeling this way, other people are too. And, like, you know, if, if, if you have the band you can actually like make other people's lives better too by sort of acknowledging how much we all have to learn.
3: Yeah I also just want to add one more quick thing because I saw in a couple other tweets people saying stuff along the lines of like you all seem so knowledgeable how do you all know so much what books do you read (laughs) and like we research before our episodes it's not like we all just already have this information like we look it up and prepare to share it but it's not, I'm not just walking around knowing all of these things constantly.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: So we've got at Tardigratist.
4: What a great handle. Tardigratist. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> tardigratist asks, how did you figure out what to do for money ooh, that may or may not have allowed you to feel like you were doing something vaguely in line with socialist feminist values. Sincerely, an ecology major who is very confused about what to do after graduation in order to feel morally OK. Ah.
2: <laughs> First that's of all, I really like the assumption here that we have all unlocked the magic formula to have found something that is in line with social feminist values to make money. Um, no, we. yeah, no. <laughs> We'd be screaming from the rooftops. Yeah, the vote of confidence. That is extremely hard to do. Um, and I just think, you know, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, There, we exist in a capitalist economy and that's for work that don't totally satisfy all of the things we would like for them to do, but ideally you find something that either gives you the money or the time or the flexibility to still do organizing, to still do other things that have value that aren't necessarily your job. At least that's my answer. I haven't really... I bring socialist feminism to to work with me, and it informs how I work, but it doesn't necessarily inform the work that I do.
1: I I would add, think you know, I know that people hate. But I'm going to use it anyway. I think that there's a certain privilege in being in work that feels totally compatible with your values. I mean, there are choices that we all make. Um, for sure, and there are you know, like if you are I don't know like uh, an assassin for the American government, you know, execute socialist revolutionaries in Latin America, then yeah, maybe you're betraying like that that that's a choice maybe you don't make, but like for me, I'm a grad student and like I make, terrible money and I um you know was pretty adamant when I started that like I wanted to take care of myself and I don't know that my family was ever all right Kellen, we're gonna throw money at you. But I also that like worse worse, I mean if bottom really fell out if I got hit by a car and wound up with tens of thousands of dollars that like I had a family that had the money to take care of me. Um and there are things that you cannot do if you don't have that knowledge or if you're, you're risk averse, I guess. Um, I know, don't know that I will to do the comfortably do you know, in terms of peace of mind. Um, you know, live, uh, you make as little money as being a grad student. Didn't have the comfort of like, you know, family right now, but if something won't, wrong that would be an option for me Um, and so I think that a lot of the value is paid really you know the system that we're functioning on and if you can't afford to take shit pay that's not a comment on you and your you know adherence to socialist values like that's a common real reality of the world that we're living in and like capitalism people to make real like decisions and and to do things that they would they don't want to do which is why we ask each other the question of like if you didn't have to work what would you be doing
0: awesome i feel like let's just move right along here to the question that i posed on twitter oh spoiler (laughs) alert (laughs) at socialist willow that's me my question is for zoe and Walita. how has it been uh being brought into
3: the season of the bitch fold later Okay, good question, Laura. Thanks thanks for asking. I get the honest answer. Like, when I first got the call from y'all, I was super excited. First, I saw Kellen's Twitter message. Then I took the call. And <laughs> I felt very excited. And I was super excited. And then as soon as we got off, I was like, oh, my God, what if they realize that they've made a mistake? And oh I God. am not as cool as they think that I am. Never. Um, so then I was like really anxious for a little while that I was because I have imposter syndrome and I was like they're gonna figure out like I'm a fraud. <laughs> um, but that didn't happen, and um, I'm I'm glad to report that nothing like that has happened. Um, and I mean no, it's been really fun. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. It's I. Our conversation is very supportive and gets me through a lot of the days. And also, we have a good time recording, and I look forward to that as well.
2: Yeah. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I was going to, like, make a joke and fake break up with you now. Like, oh, no! i glad you mentioned that because, you know, it's <laughs> uh, um, but we just need some space. And but, <laughs> like... I couldn't even do that because it would break my heart. So I was like, oh, <laughs> "Okay, good." <laughs> I wanted to make the joke, and I was like, "I can't. I love you too much." Oh, yay! I love you too. Amazing.
0: Lita, <laughs> what well, you know, about you? Um, I have
4: felt extremely welcomed, and like, you know, I I feel like Zoe and I have been welcomed into it and been made to feel like an immediate like been made to feel immediate ownership over season of the bitch, which is really great. Cause we've already planned episodes. We've already like, s- you know, switched up some stuff and you all have been really receptive to it. And yeah, it's been really easy actually. And a lot of fun. And I really enjoy our, um, hilarious private Slack channel yes.
3: conversations
4: <laughs> that yeah. nobody else is privy to or will ever be privy to. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I second space. what Walita said. <laughs> yeah.
1: So thanks you everyone. You guys have made a lot of like I mean we're already we're already better for having you on, but I got to say one of the most um, rewarding and um, immediate changes that occurred when we um, when you guys joined us was that we now have a Slack channel entitled Revenge. Um, With romance and uh, revenge. If, y- if y'all didn't catch that, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, Kellen. Oh no, that's it. It was just great. I mean, there's a lot of really great things, but that, like Zoe and Walida have brought. Uh, but I just that was that was but a, I brought an early the revenge part. Yes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, amazing.
4: True. Zoe, do you want to ask your awesome question?
3: Um. Yes, I do. <laughs> Um, so well, I mean, it was just posed on Twitter by this like amazing person named At Zo uh Nassif, I think. Yeah. Like I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Um, but anyway, she wanted to know what all of your favorite types of cheese are. Oh my god. Oh. I like live for people
0: asking me this question.
4: <laughs> I know, I know. Me too. <laughs>
0: Laura, why don't you start? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Twist my arm. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, first I'm just gonna start this off with uh, a little softball here, aka a soft cheese. Okay, we're talking Chev. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> like you can do so much shit with Chev. Like let's just, uh, like dill Chev scallions i don't know sky's the limit honestly who doesn't love a good chev and if if any of you are like lactose intolerant chev is good because it's goat cheese so it doesn't have the same amount of lactose you can just gobble it on down and then besides that i would say a sharp cheddar like extra sharp like vermont extra sharp yeah
3: a white or an orange cheddar Ooh, great and important question. And I'm going to say white. Okay. Also, I just want to interject in me asking this question that as a child, I would keep if there was dinner with like like the powder cheese or like any kind of cheese, I kept it in front of my seat and I called myself the cheese boss and people had to <laughs> ask me if I would pass them the cheese. Otherwise, it was mine.
1: Yes.
3: <laughs> so I just wanted that background. And so now we will call you question. the cheese boss. <laughs> yes. Yes.
2: The boss. I love it.
3: I think Hope might have more cheese expertise than I do. I've heard.
2: I do. I (laughs) spent like five years of my life working as a cheesemonger, which is a really fun thing to do. And, uh, it's very hard to pick favorite cheeses. Uh, This is a real tough question. Hard hitting journalism here. Twitter Mm. user Zonacy. (laughs) Um, <laughs>
1: but, uh, so, okay, I using will, my degree.
2: Long time I listener, long time host,
0: <laughs> first time Twitter <laughs> submitter.
2: <laughs> at Zona <Nassif. laughs> Steve. Uh, so, my favorite cheese right now, and like in this moment right now, is actually made in Wisconsin and it's called Rush Creek Reserve. And it only comes out once a year and it's this like small, like stinky, runny, glorious little round cheese and you cut the top off and then it almost is like melty cheese at room temperature because it's so runny and then you just like dip bread in it and it's so good.
1: Mm, sounds amazing.
2: Um, also, my second favorite one because I like puns is a sheep's milk cheese called Euphoria. It's kind Ooh. of like a sheep. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. And I promised um, Zoe that at the next live show I would do like a cheese and wine pairing class for all of us. Oh my god. Yeah. Speaking of which,
0: you should you should uh, support us on Patreon so you can help us get to our next live show on the West Coast.
3: <laughs> that was a flawless transition.
0: Thank you.
2: <laughs> Maybe we can get um, some cheese sponsorship out of this question.
3: Ooh, I think cheese should definitely sponsor us. Yes, as like a, <laughs> as an industry. Big cheese. Yeah. Big cheese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kellen, what's your favorite type of cheese? Burrata.
1: Next question. Ooh. Yes.
2: Hell yes, Burrata. Yeah. How do you like it, Kellen? What do you
1: put on it? Anything. What was Burrata? I also love like baked brie. Mm.
3: Yes. When with I, like, a, like a jam?
1: A fruit preserve? Yeah yeah that sounds great to me (laughs) anyway you want to eat it my 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 (laughs) partner's sister like she was uh she was like she texted him to be like hey like i want to get kellen a cake for her birthday like what should i get her and he was like don't get her a cake just bring her a wheel of and she did
3: can you just say wheel
1: of again (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But anyway, they stuck a candle in it. Amazing. It was so good. And I stand by that as a much preferable alternative to cake and similar products. Lolita, well, your cheese preferences? Um, America needs to know. <laughs> America needs to know my cheese preferences.
4: I like all cheeses. There's re- there's not really a cheese I don't like, um, but I super love uh, the canned craft cheese product in cheddar, and I'll tell you why. Because this was a cheese that I grew up on. It comes in a can, it's not cheese, it's a cheese product. It's yellow, it is rubbery, Um, but if you wrap it up in a warmed pita pocket, it, it is absolutely the best cheese you can have in a sandwich.
3: Um, Are you talking about the kind that sprays out of the can?
4: It doesn't spray. Okay. It doesn't spray. I'm not an animal. It comes out of a can.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> it comes from a can that you open.
3: Okay, there was that like, craft like spray cheese.
4: Yeah, uh,
2: no, I would never. <laughs> okay. I would never. Well, <laughs> your favorite cheese and that's fine.
4: Yeah, it's a canned cheese. I, I genuinely think everybody should try it and you will know what I'm talking about. It's super, super good. And it's, you know... So in a can. I can't breathe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've killed Laura.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Tell you what. Tell you what. Next time we're together for our next time we're together for our live show or wherever we're together, I challenge Hope. To a cheese plate off. I've <laughs> got years of cheesemongering experience and I am not afraid. Yeah. Will- are you
2: gonna pair your- are you gonna pair yours with like Boone's Farm and
1: Mad? <laughs> Mine will be fucking
2: care. moonshine she made in her bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> we can have to do like a 40 of old English with your canned cheese. Is that what that's that's right.
4: That's right. It will be paired with Malort and <laughs> rock beer, and you're gonna love it.
3: But all of the cheese will be in front of me, and you'll have to say "cheese boss" when you please pass it.
2: <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna video this, but it will be a Patreon only benefit, so we can get more cheese money. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> so the cycle continues. Zoe, last but not least, what is your favorite kind of cheese? Oh boy.
3: Um. So first of all, I'm extremely lactose intolerant. Um, but cheese is the one lactose product I will eat because I'm addicted. Um, what are my favorite kinds?
1: <laughs> I'm overwhelmed.
3: <laughs> I I've never met a cheese I didn't like. Besides, no, this would be a better, a shorter list. The one cheese I've ever not liked, I bought in a grocery store in Europe, and I didn't know what kind it was because I couldn't read uh, Danish, and it was kind of just. A block of plastic, and then I tried to make a grilled cheese with it, and it just tasted like melted plastic. Oh. Um, I'm still confused about what it was, but it was, was the it brown? Side. No, it was like, a, mm, it was like off white, but it was extremely plasticky.
2: Gross. Yeah, I know they make some cheeses that are just whey, like there's one called Giersch and something else mm-hmm. um, in Europe, and like they they are like plastic cheeses.
0: Oh, my that God. Might. I actually just lied to all of you and forgot what my real favorite cheese was. Just what because it? of what you just no, said. It's halloumi. No. <gasps> oh,
2: that's a good one.
3: Yeah.
0: <sighs> Fucking fried
3: fall- halloumi. Are you serious? Laura, <laughs> mm. you also said the dill chef. I'm really into dill Havarti cheese. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I'll eat any cheese. Havarti, don't wanna, are you? I not to hurt <laughs> Jesus feelings by choosing. How, what'd you say? Laura, what? <laughs> I think Laura's can't. I think Laura can't breathe right now.
0: Laura,
4: what? If she <laughs> needs a second. <laughs> she
3: made a Havarti pun. I think.
0: I she really did. tried
3: to. <laughs> it was oh, so
0: bad. What was it? <laughs> I just said Havarti. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a joke it's not okay it's not okay
2: (laughs) I'm so sorry yes you know what Laura I can't even deal with you (gasps) yes (laughs) yes yes
0: Yes. oh man I love it I love all the dad puns you too Oh, my goodness. Also, um, fuck that. They should be mom puns. <laughs> 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 Reclaiming it. Boom. Feminism.
2: Wait. Do you know what makes a dad joke a dad joke? It's a, what? Do you know? It's a parent. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. That was painful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, my dear friend, Emrys. uh added us for our last question they are amazing they're a writer they're gonna hopefully come on and be a guest sometime um they're just amazing so they ask always on my mind how do you all take care of yourselves and each other while living in this trash fire hellscape overseen by 11 cis men who like to cause pain what brings you fierce joy and resilience
1: who are the
3: 11 men (laughs) i was wondering that too like, which, which ones? I think
4: the Supreme Court justices that are men plus the president, vice president, and speaker,
0: maybe? Uh, I'm I just thinking okay. the 11 CEOs that, like, have all of the wealth.
3: There's just, like, a lot of men causing me pain, you know? You know what?
4: Yeah, it could be any. I think it means literally any 11 men that you know. Yeah, <laughs>
3: sure. Exactly. <laughs> just choose the 11 worst ones to you. Yes. How, are, how are you dealing? Yes. <laughs> exactly.
4: Exactly 11 men. I realized I said she when I should have said they. It's okay. I'm sorry. Um, Who wants to answer that one? I can can start us off. Yes. Uh, I actually get a version of this question often because I have a lot of liberal friends who got super, super, super depressed after the elections um, two years ago. Mm. And I didn't. I kind of was like, I mean, I was depressed. I was sad about it. But like seeing how, like, activated so many people became, I actually became hopeful because if I'm, if I remember, you know, I lived through the Clinton administration. Um, I came of age during the Clinton administration. So I remember what it was like to not like Clinton when everybody liked Clinton. Um, So, I, I, you know, I remember a very not activated population. Um, So now that I see so many people, yeah, it's bad. It's really terrible, but but so many more people are engaged, involved, paying attention and willing to do something, like do things whether it's, you know, attend a protest or um you know, organize or run for office. I've in my like 39 years, this is the most I've seen people engaged. Um now that being said, it also means that the the backlash against it is going to be a lot harsher. Like fascists don't lose, let their grip go very easily. Um, but we're making it harder and harder for them. And I think that's good. So that's why, you know, I'm, I'm stressed and upset and I try not to read the, the news at all. Um, I get my news from journalists and activists and seeing what's kind of happening on a local level. So my mental health stays stable somewhat when I'm not paying attention to what, what Washington DC is doing. And the way I see it, People are actually becoming more motivated to, to change our system, and so I'm not as hopeless as a lot of people are. That kind of is like a long view of things, I guess. I, I see us going in a good direction over time. Hmm. Zoe,
3: what do you think? I think in terms of in terms of taking care of each other, I would say, as mentioned, um, we have an active Slack line. <laughs> um, <laughs> which in which we come to each other with a lot of various topics um so I would say that's one way that we take care of each other um also in general to my friends um outside of the coven just I am just overly supportive of like anything my friends come to me with which can also be a detriment where they're like should I get a tattoo and I'm like yes go immediately (laughs) yeah. <laughs> um, so I also just talk people into things kind of like, but it seems like you wanted to and you should do whatever you want. Yes. Um, but in terms of taking care of myself, it's hard. It works out better some days than others. Um, as someone who struggles with chronic illness, I definitely when I have a day off, I try to schedule certain days off where I can just focus on self care, whether that means like going to acupuncture or uh making myself a nice healthy meal or just like laying in my bed and thinking about things that I've been needing to think about um, and just kind of – I'm very like by my schedule and so I essentially schedule out time in which I can just focus on things for me. Amazing. Laura, what do you do? (laughs) Well, I literally
0: feel like I am invincible because of my friends. (laughs) Like, anyone who listens to me for long enough, I'm like, I have the greatest friends in the entire world. They're the greatest people I've ever known. Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel really lucky to know such incredible people. They give me my whole life. They make me feel so good, including, like, literally everyone on the coven. And if you follow me on any social media, I will talk about it all the time. I just, like, I don't, I I personally don't derive hopefulness or like joyfulness by thinking about the future so much, but I have so much hope in the love and beauty that is like among my friends and I'm just obsessed. And so that it's also how we take care of each other is by like loving the absolute shit out of each other. Uh, And then taking care of myself. uh, (laughs) I don't know. I like to play music. I, I should do it more than I have been. Um gonna bump it to hope.
2: All right. Um similar to what has been said already, um, community is one of the things externally that makes me feel the most hopeful. And it's really funny because it seems like it's always on the days where I'm like, I don't wanna go to this thing, I don't wanna go to this meeting, I don't wanna go to the social thing. I just want to stay home by myself and I force myself to go and I'm always so glad that I went when you're, especially when you meet a new, somebody new to you who is just like so kind and gives a shit about what you have to say and uh, we've like had a DSA event recently and somebody who was their first meeting went around and got waters for everybody at this coffee shop we were at and I just was so struck by what a like small kind thing that is for somebody that you just met and so that really gives me a lot of hope, the things we can do for each other, and the ways we can support each other. Um, In terms of, like, internally, what kind of brings me joy and resilience, I I have this habit of always asking myself what is going to make the best story, and that's how I make a lot of the decisions in my life. So if you think about it that way, kind of like project your future self when you look back at this time, I'm always choosing... What's going to make a better story? What makes a more interesting story? So sometimes that means I take more chances at work or, um, I just try to make things more fun and sort of keep that in mind. And, um, that seems to make life much happier for me. And
1: I'm going to ask Kellen. I think a big part of my like mental, like what makes, makes my, I don't know, keeps me sane, literally, uh, is like being around animals. Um, So like having a cat is just like really important. Um, I think just like having something to take care of that like exists outside you and can show you love. Um, You know, if you don't want to have a child at this point in your life, highly recommend a cat, dog or a hamster or something. If you sort of financial ability and lack of allergies to take that on, um, I also take in thinking about the people who've overcome really significant obstacles in the past, like the groups of people, um, the way that that others have organized um, and overcome seemingly insurmountable odds. Um, it's that history can be comforting so frequently it is incredibly depressing for really um, beautiful light spot or if you're looking in the right places and I have a hard time being hopeful about the future too um, I really struggle with it some days but um, you know, trying to make sure that I'm reaching out to friends to family um, you know and then also trying to ground myself in um, what is like a really beautiful revolutionary history and also Spend with like my obese cat Momo. That's what what Ola. makes it work. Love you, Momo.
0: Love you, Momo. Well, I think that is is the note we're ending on, right? Everyone,
3: I just that? wanna since Lara was talking about how good of a friend she is, I just want everyone to know that during that she texted me, please accept me on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my god
3: it's important (laughs) (laughs) calling me out i love it i was i had to pause myself immediately because i started cracking up
0: (laughs) yeah i i have a problem and it is needing to be in touch with all of my friends even while i'm talking to them literally at that moment on the phone (laughs)
2: It's very endearing. But did you mean like accept your Snapchat request or like accept you, like accept your weirdness on Snapchat? Oh
0: no, that that ship has sailed for any of the (laughs) coven members, like Lindsay's still on it, like mm, Snapchat Snapchats can get weird. I think one time Ambria was like, yeah, I woke up and there were 30 Snapchats from you. (laughs) 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 What was going on? I was like, yep, that's That's just, it's the whole me. It's the, it's the, (laughs) okay. So just as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Season of the Bee. We're also on, um, you know, iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can buy merch at seasonofthebee.com. Send us your music, seasonofthebee at gmail.com. Just send us your money. That's great on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Uh, and we're working on upping our Patreon game, too, so that y'all can get get some stiff. Yeah. We're going to get
1: freaky. If you're a member of the Cheese Lobby looking to sponsor us, please reach out. <laughs> our uh, DMs are open for inquiry. <laughs> if you or someone you know works for Big Cheese, yes! we are interested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Someone I know works for Big Cheese. It's the cheese boss.
0: Oh, (laughs) Zoe, get in the DMs. All right. I love you all. This is ridiculous. I hope that everyone loves this as much as they should, because this is fucking pure gold. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone off of the phone. What is happening? <laughs> oh, we're here. Okay. Oh, we're no. here. It was.
4: We're here. We're here.
1: Creating space for laughter. That's all. Yes. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: Fuck off, y'all. Close it out. Y'all
1: do it. Then. I did. Do we have anything else we need to say besides contact us if you're in the cheese, cheese lobby? No. I think we just all have to say we love cheese now.
3: We love cheese.
1: Bye. We love cheese. We love cheese. Bye. Uh, Bye.
2: Season of the bitch.